Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents Off the Vine Grape Therapy. Caitlin Bristow is going to answer your questions, drink to your confessions, and hear what you have to say about anything Bachelor. Let's shake it up some more. Here's Caitlin. All right. Welcome to Great Therapy. I'm your host, Caitlin Bristow. Your session is now starting. Super excited. I've been wanting to talk to somebody who specializes in dreams like and what it means and i have very vivid dreams oh, like yay. to the point where they actually upset me for a full day and sometimes i can't get over them <laughs> all right we're gonna shift that oh my god you can, we are gonna shift that you absolutely. Can help me? absolutely absolutely <gasps> absolutely okay and so you have been on like tv shows and radio shows and done all this you um what tell me just tell me about yourself so we can start it off all right yeah let's start with the very beginning as a kid just yes yes show tune album of fiddler on the roof Mm -hmm. this is really where it starts Mm -hmm. my mom had a copy of the album Mm -hmm. played it all the time and in there there's a dream sequence and in the dialogue she says tell me what you dreamed i'll tell you what it meant now i heard that 7,000 times as a kid. Yeah. 15 years old, my mother gets a copy of Freud's Interpretation of Dreams because she's going to grad school. I read it because I think dreams are amazing. Yes. And I am 15 years old. I don't know what I understood, but I definitely got that if you you looked into a dream, it had stuff to offer you. Right. So as a teenager in high school, what do kids say? I had the craziest dream last night. And I'd be like, Golda. Tell me what you dreamed, <laughs> and I'll tell you what it meant. And that is really how it started. Yes. What happened was I would listen to dreams, and I would just respond with whatever I felt like saying. Yes. Now, years later, I found out and figured out what was happening. Okay. Dreams are a story. Mm-hmm. They're told in a language. The language is symbolic. You simply tell me the story in the language of symbols, and I'm hearing it back in both the language that you're speaking to and the symbolic language. And each symbol in a dream has a meaning based on what it is, what it does. This is a glass. It holds water. So it's a dream about my capacity to draw to me and imbibe the the elixir of life that this water is. The dream is about a broken glass. Then it's a dream about my lack, my incapacity to fulfill a need. That image and its meaning is not something that I know that you don't. Yeah, you could think yeah. that out if you, if right. I assigned it to you. The gift is I do that so fast yes. that the minute you tell me your dream, I can reflect it back to you and tell you the story behind the story. When I was a teenager and kids heard what I said, they went, wow, that's so interesting. I loved that. Yeah. So I followed that experience. And that was how dream interpretation sort of first emerged. Wow. Meanwhile... Curiosity is about spirituality, tarot yes. cards, psychology. If there yeah. was a workshop, I did it. If there was a retreat, I went on it. If someone said, bang this pillow with a tennis racket, I banged it. <laughs> so then cut to my mid-30s. Yeah. I'm working down the street from where this studio is at Playboy, of all places. Okay. I'm a vice president at Playboy, having a lot of fun. Of course. But my soul is being eaten a little bit. Right. I'm, I'm selling, you know, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Which, well, there's a, there's a word or two for it, but I'm not going to say it on the podcast. Well, you can. I was oh, selling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yes. All right. Now, <laughs> judgmental. I don't have anything wrong with that no. empirically, but right. it wasn't what I was here on the planet to do. And right. so I went to grad school. Yeah. I had no idea why I was going. I did not want to become a psychotherapist, but I thought, let's get some more wisdom and information about how people work if I'm going to help them, teach right. them. Uh, so that just sort of led to a television show. When I finished my master's, uh, Sci-Fi Network was looking for dream experts. I got the job. We yeah. spent two years on the show. We shot 65 episodes. It was ultimately canceled pretty quickly. Right. But it opened the door for something that I'm doing now, which social media supports, which right. is a public display of spiritual teaching that's taken the rage. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, because you have like a master class, right? Yes. You, every yeah. day you yeah. have a master class in whatever you want to put out there and people are hungry yes and they're responding quick cue for you do you ever buy something online and then find out that you could have gotten it for less it's worse than when you're on an airplane and the person next to you takes off their shoes seriously why do people do that not to mention once that happens you feel like you could be overpaying every time you shop so luckily i have honey the free browser extension that saves you time and money when shopping online Honey scans the internet for coupon codes and their other discounts. Then, like magic, it automatically applies the one with the biggest savings to your cart at checkout. Just shop like normal, and Honey finds you savings, and believe me, it feels amazing. Like when the airplane lands and you can get away from the person with no shoes. So just the other day, I was shopping for new sneakers, checking out, feeling a little guilty about buying another pair of sneaks, but Honey saved me over $14, and I was like, okay, you're doing good, KB. Pat myself on the back, called it a day. There's really no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use, installs on your computer in just two clicks. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash vine. That's joinhoney.com slash vine. I guess we should say your name. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time I'm just already so fascinated that I'm like, oh, we haven't even introduced you. Please welcome to the podcast, Dr. Michael Lennox. So good to be here. Well, you know why? Because we got grabbed by the enthusiasm of obviously a topic that you're passionate about. I am. And I'm passionate about it. I am. And just right from the get-go, I was like, ooh, I like his energy. You've got really great energy. And you do stuff with like astrology and – because I'm always so fascinated that – in the people who don't believe in that because I'm like, there's so much proof. Like if you just – Take a second to look. When I sit with a client and yeah. I say, oh, my God, what happened in May? And they say, oh, my God, I can't believe you're saying that. That was the month when my, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. That orients you to thinking, oh, I wonder if there's something to this. Right. Well, I've had that experience about 40,000 times in my life. And okay. you have that experience over and over again enough to watch the simultaneous playing out of transits in astrology, movement of the planets, mm-hmm. events in people's lives, watching them go together and reflect each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, and I don't need to prove it to you. Like, right. If you're not a believer, right. get out of the way. There's somebody <laughs> right behind you that does believe and I don't want to waste my time trying to convince you because that's not a good I, use of my time. Okay, I need to learn from you because <laughs> I am known to like call out the trolls on the internet and Ooh. like go there because I'm such a fan of a clapback and I love to be a little chirpy and it's part of my sense of humor. But then I'm like, but people are like, but don't, don't give them that and i'm like but i'm giving them a little life lesson i heard you though say that there is something that you do like about that little quality of yours to push can you are you able to pull it back after it's sort of engaged you yeah 
Okay, then you're. Yeah. Then have at it. Okay. Be that person. Thank you. Who, as long as you can touch in and then pull back, if you if you let it drag you into you know Haterville. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. No. I could totally come out of it. Yeah, I could totally come I out agree. of it. Um. So everybody always says that Gemini's are like the crazy. I'm Gemini, but I don't feel like I have like all the. Crazy cray of Gemini. Yeah. So first of all, understand that the sun sign astrology that we understand as, oh, you're a Gemini, I'm a Leo. Yeah. That's not real astrology. Okay. That's something that emanated out of newspapers between the 1930s and the 50s. What happened was Prince S. Prince some princess was yeah. born, yeah. <laughs> and some astrologer wrote something about her childhood. Okay. Would happen, and it did. And it was, you know, the war and stuff, okay. and her, you know, whatever stuff. Like. Anyway, the point is, what the astrologer predicted in the newspaper came true, and the newspaper went, ooh. Yeah. They started hiring astrologers to write columns to attract viewership. Oh. And by the 1950s, everybody in the world knew their sun sign because of astrology horoscopes. But that's not real astrology. So what's real astrology? Well, what's real astrology is your sun is in Gemini, which means the center of you, the yeah. being of you, the integrating hub of you, just like the sun in the solar system, yeah. the part of you that's burning and never stops. The, yeah. the you that you are from your first breath to your last breath yeah. identifies with the archetype of Gemini. But your Venus, where Venus was when you were born, will be how do you feel in your emotional body? How do you deal with intimacy? Your Mercury will inform your communication and your thought process. Your Mars is wow. about your embodiment, your sex life, and your decision-making capacity. Yeah. They're in other signs, probably, which right. means you vibrate with other archetypes not just the archetype of your son. How do I figure this all out? Well, that's, oh, why, yeah. that's where a professional astrologer comes in. And, you know, one of the things that I'm doing in my business expansion right now is I'm using the value of social media platform to mm -hmm. expand, expand my reach. Yeah. And I've created a course, Astrology 101, to teach people how to read their natal charts so that if you're okay. tooling through social media and you hear that Mercury is going retrograde, because yeah. it does that every 88 days. Right. Now you know that it's happening in the sign of Scorpio, and you know that that's your, you know, eighth house of change and transformation. Suddenly, the news that Mercury's going retrograde is something you can actually work with more definitively because you know how it's impacting you personally, directly. So how do people find this online? What is the Instagram? Like <laughs> MichaelLennox.com is the website. Okay. Dr. Le Michael Lennox on Facebook, Dr. Lennox Dreams on Instagram. Okay. I'm all over. All over. I love it. And can you explain to me how dreams and astrology relate to each other, if they do? To me, they relate because both set up archetypes to interpret. Okay. So like the dream of the path in the woods and I come upon the snake and it wakes me up because I'm afraid of snakes. The archetypes are the archetype of path, the archetype of woods, the archetype of snake. Uh -huh. And and so path being my journey through life, it's in the woods, so it's not my you know, it's my private journey. Yeah. And then snakes are changing transformation, right? They shed their skins and every third grader learns that. Yeah. And so snakes become a symbol of the growth happens, the skin sheds, and the change has taken place. Mm -hmm. And so snakes represent change. People are terrified of snakes. People right. are terrified of change. Right. It's a good symbolic meaning. Right. Similarly, in astrology, if I'm reading a chart and I'm looking at how a planet movement today yeah. is impacting somebody who was born, say, 25 years ago, there's archetypal meaning to the planet, the geometry, 
Wow. The place in your chart each has meaning. I know that meaning, and so that I interpret a moment for somebody through the meaning that the astrology is setting up, yeah. which expresses what they're feeling in their life right at that moment. Yeah. Same thing's happening with the dream interpretation. I'm interpreting archetypal meaning based on the images that are in your dream, yeah. and it's reflecting back to you something that your unconscious is expressing. So that's what dreams are. It's some, yeah. What are dreams? That's well. Tell me, doctor. That's the that's the million (laughs) freaking dollar question, sweetheart. Because a, we don't know what dreams are. Right. B, they are multifaceted. We certainly know now things that we didn't know decades ago about what's happening in REM REM sleep with the brain chemistry. Uh, We we process metabolic waste Mm -hmm. in brain cells during REM sleep. So there's a huge importance to that that's physiological. We Mm -hmm. can't clean metabolic waste out of the brain because of the blood-brain barrier. And the lymphatic system does that for the body. But up above the neck, we've got to do it differently. So what happens is the brain cells shrink. The space in between fills with cerebral spinal fluid. When REM sleep is over, the cells creep back into their original position, but all that metabolic waste that's now in the interspaces gets squeezed out, processed by the blood-brain barrier, brain poop is cleaned up. Wow. That's something that happens in REM sleep. Another thing that's happening in REM sleep, and this is really important, is that we're forming short-term memory. The brain is going to re-experience everything that came into it during the day, parse through what's important and save it as a memory, and cart off everything else that isn't relevant and important. That's an incredibly valuable, productive thing that REM sleep is is making happen for us. And right. so very often our dream content is stuff we've done that day yeah, because right. that's what the brain is doing. Right. It's reviewing. Right. Now, a scientist will come along and say, we know this and we know that we're reviewing stuff from the day. So therefore, dreams have no meaning. Yeah. Well, that's wild hubris. Right. It does not disprove the mystical component to dreams. It simply shows the brain's activity that correlates with yes, it. Yes, yes. It's like that meditation portion in the brain that lights up. Yeah. Like, oh, then there's no God. There's just that brain lighting up. It's like, right. well, what if that brain lighting up is the evidence of our divine nature? Right. Same thing with dreams. Just because we're doing this with memory and dreams doesn't mean they're not mystical. Right. And the psychologists for over a century have believed that Dreams reflected the unconscious mind. I'll take that one step further because I like to use the word unconscious to represent everything that's unknown to us. Mm -hmm. Not just the psychological unconscious where we're like, oh, the stuff I don't want to think about is and where little demons live. But that's also where creativity comes from, where our divine connection comes from, where we're connected to all other human beings on the planet. Mm -hmm. And when our rational mind that thinks we're separate from everything goes to sleep, the rest of us is free to perceive the wow. more, I think, real reality of a spiritual connection and the unconscious wants to grow and change and evolve and it helps us do that by throwing in material into the dreams that if we pay attention to them, it's actually helping us work through our fears where we say no, where we shrink back from life okay. where we're challenged. Okay, my dreams are always fear-based. Like, I, I cannot tell you how often I have dreams where I'm I'm like an angry person in my dreams. And I, I wake up and I always go, 
God damn, like, why am I this angry in my dreams? Like, I am full of rage in my dreams. Why? (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful opportunity to show the sort of the way everything, uh, uh, I think in life in general, comes to a wholeness and completeness. It's like you are in life, in your waking life, clearly not rageful. No. Clearly not afraid to take risks, to move about the world, to be successful, to take a lot of stuff on, right? Yes. Your dreams are helping you do that. By visiting the parts of you where you are afraid, where you are angry, where yeah. rage really does exist. So yeah. I know that you're enraged because you're a human being, yeah. honey. <laughs> we are angry. From the minute we get here, we are challenged with both whatever. It's angry at God for taking us out of, you know, Eden. Yeah. Angry at our family for creating, you know, that crucible where we become <laughs> the crazy people that we have to undo by going through adulthood, you know, right? Yes. But if we don't give that some breathing space we can't function and sometimes we have to inch our way through those angers and every time you dream of that rage i believe Mm. you're healing a little bit of it really lacroix sparkling water was developed to give health conscious consumers refreshment flavor and sparkle with an innocent twist of zero calories zero sweeteners and zero sodium The innocence of naturally essenced LaCroix has propelled it to America's top-selling branded domestic sparkling water. Enjoy LaCroix sparkling water, a calorie sweetener and sodium innocent beverage with nothing artificial. LaCroix is a healthier alternative for you and your lifestyle, and it's available nationwide. For a full list of retailers, visit www.lacroixwater.com. LaCroix's 25 flavors are confirmed to be derived from natural sources with natural fruit essences. Families continue to value the wholesomeness of LaCroix. It's got distinctive packaging, robust aroma, and natural essence makes LaCroix the innocent alternative for health-conscious consumers. Like I said, zero calories, zero sweeteners, zero sodium, that equals innocent. There are 15 LaCroix flavors. The newest flavor is hibiscus, hello beautiful, delicious, crisp, and refreshing like their other flavors, key lime, tangerine, mango, apricot, passion fruit, peach pear, coconut, lime, lemon, berry, cran raspberry, orange, and grapefruit, and pure unflavored. The LaCroix family also includes six LaCroix curate flavors, pineapple strawberry, appleberry, cherry lime, kiwi watermelon, blackberry cucumber, and cantaloupe pink grapefruit. LaCroix curate has a bolder flavor, same innocent nutritionals. The newly added flavors to the Nicola theme, coconut cola, mojito, and coffee exotica join the original La Cola, all which contain no caffeine or alcohol. LaCroix sparkling waters and LaCroix curate sparkling waters are gluten-free, vegan, kosher, non-GMO, Whole30 approved, and environmentally friendly. LaCroix cans are perpetually sustainable and recyclable. LaCroix product labels are changing to comply with new federal regulations to the nutrition panel, even though LaCroix has zero on every line. As part of these changes, the label will state that each product is Whole30 non-GMO and produced without BPA liner. For more information, join the LaCroix community on social at LaCroix Water or check us out at www.lacroixwater.com. We'll be right back with more Off the Vine. Great therapy. This is Off the Vine. Great therapy. So I had this boyfriend and I was like 16, 17, 18 years old. He was my first like high school sweetheart. We we were so in love, but he was a very lost human being. Mm. 
And he would go out and do drugs, and I wouldn't know, and I was very naive to it all. And then I would find certain things out about him going to the strippers, and I was like, it was my first love, so I was like, is this what relationships are? Like, I don't know. And so I remember being around him, and any time I was upset or he hurt me, I would get so upset, and he would laugh at me. And now, I'm not kidding you, from that time, I'm 34 years old now, and I still, in each relationship, serious relationship I've had, I will dream that the guy I'm with, like, for example, Jason I'm with right now, is the nicest person you'll ever meet in your life. Happy-go-lucky, just great human being, and in my dream, he does exactly what my first boyfriend did to me, and that's every relationship I've had. It's always, sometimes it's even my first boyfriend's face. And it's still the exact same situation. And I wake up so upset by the other person that they did this to me. And it, it like, and I just am like angry in yeah, my yeah. dream and well, I want to like hurt them. Wait, right, we, apologies to your current boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's always like, why are you so right. angry at me in your dreams? <laughs> well, first of all. It's like, an, uh, like uh, almost four times a week. Oh wow! Okay, no, no, that is significant. Yeah. So uh, the 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 experience that you described of your boyfriend and your relationship with your high school boyfriend mm-hmm. sounds very dismissing, very very dismissing of your sovereignty, of your yes. actual bona fide feelings. Yes. Um, which people have to learn. They have to learn sovereignty. They have to learn I deserve this. They have to learn yeah. I yes. have a voice. They and for. I think women have a harder time with this than men because mm-hmm. you're not socialized to have strength and sovereignty mm-hmm. and power. You're actually socialized in a very different way. Right. So here you are in your young love experience and you're having – I love the question. Is this what love is? Yeah. Well, part of it. Right. Part of love is I, I love you and then I hate you a little. Yes. And then we work that out yep. to and the best of our ability. And then I love you more yeah. if we've done that well. Right. So this is just a place where, how can you do that well at 16, 17? You can't, can't. but you have the imprint of one of the ways that love is hard is I lose my power. Yes. And that becomes my fear in all relationships. And then that becomes my truth. So so what what this current dream is, is a marking of... Ah, Caitlin, this is a moment where I have felt like my power was taken away from me. Yeah. It's not your first boyfriend still trying to, you know, right. you know demonize you. It's right. not that you're failing at relationship. These right. are moments that dreams are actually helping you be with the experience that you might have missed. Right. You might have missed the moment where you felt dismissed or yeah. where you didn't feel sovereign yeah. or where your power and control felt like it was taken away from you. But it might have happened and then you dive into dream world, your brain, your unconscious knows what's the perfect image to match this moment of I don't quite feel like I'm being seen or gotten. Yeah. Ah, it's just like the high school boyfriend. I'll call that image up and that will help me wake up the next day having processed a little bit that moment when you were feeling threatened or not right. quite heard. So when you have this dream, since you're having it a lot, you might want to look at if it's happening four days a week, what's happening the day before when you wake up having had that dream. I would invite you to scan the day before uh-huh. and see where did you abandon yourself? Uh-huh. Where did you not speak up? 
Mm. Where did you enact something with your boyfriend, even lovingly and wonderfully today, right. that's still a negotiation in relationship? Right. Who's got the power and who's got the respect? And are you giving both to each other in right. you know equal measure? Right. When that doesn't happen so much, we wake, we go to sleep. We got to process the feeling so that we can wake up the next day, look across the bed at that person, and say, "Yes, I'll do this again for another day." Yeah. Even though last night in my dreams, <laughs> you weren't a very good boyfriend. <laughs> I know. I tell him that all the time. I'm like, you were such a terrible man in my dream last night. He goes, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Also, my other reoccurring dream is that I get shot and that I keep getting shot and that I pretend to be dead, but I'm not. And I don't feel anything, but I know I've been shot. But it just keeps, I get that. Pretend to be dead. Yeah, but I'm not, but I know I've been shot and I'm not in pain. And... I just lay there and pretend I am just so nobody keeps shooting me. But I always get shot in my dreams. And this is a fairly recurring dream. Yes. Okay, so everybody's going to have some version of this. Okay. Stressful, reoccurring dream. Often it's the tsunami mm-hmm. or the shark. I've, yep. heard, I've heard dozens oh, and dozens I used to have tsunami dozens. dreams all the time. Um, similar dream of uncontrollable event or experience that is dangerous Mm -hmm. with tsunamis because they're watery Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're in emotional territory Mm. so we get emotionally overwhelmed Mm -hmm. sometimes when pain is present Mm -hmm. and we think oh my god if i have any more of this grief i'm gonna drown under Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. tsunami dream is a perfect expression of that like this emotion feels dangerous yeah um one thing that's interesting about being shot and pretending that you're dead, and you're you're pretty young. I'm I'm easily twice as old plus a little than you. I feel young, yes. <laughs> School shootings. Yeah. School shootings are a part of your psyche in a way that they're not for me. Like I watched them start happening. You you came up in a world. But I lived in Canada. It never happened. Right. I got it. <laughs> except that the idea of being shot and pretending you're dead in order to save yourself. Yeah. That's a very school shooting concept. And it, I even want to like, t- when I have kids, I want to go raise them in Canada because I'm too scared about <laughs> school shootings in the States. So the reason I'm even pointing any of this out is I got curious where might you have gotten that idea? Mm-hmm. I've been shot and I have to, you know, pretend to be dead, mm-hmm. you know, to be somehow safe, even mm-hmm. though that's irrational dream right. you know, stuff. A lot of times people will share their particular recurring stress dream and it's like, oh, you got that from a from a video game. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a zombie, mm-hmm. you know. So what you're exposed to as a young person will infiltrate your dream imagery because that's just what happens in, in the world. Every human wants to have some stress-oriented image that allows them to have a stressful day, Mm -hmm. go to sleep, process that stress with the recurring stressful dream. Being shot is really about control in some ways. Mm -hmm. It's like whatever intention you had being shot says that someone else has the power and control to stop that track and you know, make you deal with them right. or the being shot. Right. So somehow when in your life you feel assaulted, stopped, controlled, invaded, mm. you might dream that night of being shot. And mm. it's the same dream over and over again because it's economical. Right. It's just your brain says, right. oh, yeah, that that moment, Caitlin's stressed, let's, let's throw her the shooting dream. Right. Because it matches <laughs> it, the yeah, stress of yeah. the day. And do you think that people who have passed can visit you in dreams? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I have a crazy story. One of my really, really, really close childhood friends passed away in a car accident, and it was just traumatizing to everybody in our families, and, like, it was just awful. And 
my mom is like a very organized, paranoid, worried person where like she turns off every light when she's leaving a room. She always turns off the stove. She always like is worried about me leaving a curling iron on. Like she, she's just always worried about the, these kinds of things. She came home for lunch and I was sleeping and she put one of those burner covers back on the burner and didn't turn it off. What? Yeah, Mom. and left to go back to work. And this is so not like her. Wouldn't do anything. And my girlfriend came to me in my dream, and she was in this long white dress, and we were in a grocery store. And she said, "You have to wake up." And I and I said, "Why?" I don't like. I was so tired. I was like one of those like just got a high school. I'm like I could sleep in whenever I want. I would sleep till one. And she was like, "You have to get up." And then she left the grocery store, and I was like, "But wait, when am I going to see you again?" And then I woke up. And I was like, I should go back to bed. And then I remember my dream. And I was like, is that a sign? And I went upstairs and my whole upstairs was covered in smoke. Oh, my God. my mom leaving. Yeah. I love it. Yes, it absolutely. You have no trouble convincing me that that was a bona fide energetic experience of supra consciousness. Stuff that's a mystery, but that we're all connected. Yeah. And that the connection to the event in the upstairs of the apartment, your sleep, the dream, your friend is all connected because the... We're way more connected than we are separate, and that separate seeing mind, yeah. when it goes to sleep, we are free yeah. to experience the way in which we're really all connected. That's so wild. And how- it saved your life, maybe. And it saved my life. Well, how long have you been doing this for? Well, I would say as a professional, yeah. sort of like this is the only thing I do for a living, 20 years. Okay. 20 years I've been working with people one-on-one in group settings, retreats, because I do a lot of things. I'm a psychologist, so I do a little psychotherapy. Yeah. I'm an astrologer, so I do a lot of astrology readings. Yeah. But I'm also a coach. I also teach people how to meditate. I mean, so I, I've just had one of the things that's been juicy about what I've gotten to do over the last two decades is it's really so many different things yeah. that I'm always jazzed and excited yeah. because it's a a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a lot of teaching. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, you have b- uh, books you've published. I have. I've actually got three books on dreams. Yeah. Uh, one of them is actually in five languages now. So my first wow. book called Dream Sight yeah. is just about my perspective of universal meaning. Okay. It's like a more of a working kind of book. And then there's a dream dictionary, Llewellyn's Complete Dictionary of Dreams, yeah. uh, which is a reference guide, like 1,200 terms. So you have a dream about, you know, being shot, you'd look up gun. And right. Shot, and right. Uh, and then this uh, this third book is really just a gift book. The little Llewellyn's little book of dreams. It's, yeah. it's not. It wasn't new stuff. It was yeah, the yeah. amalgamum of the first two books in right. gift form. That's so cool. I love that. I'm excited to read mine. Yay. I really am. Uh, and then I also had a question of lucid dreams. Mm. What? Can you explain to me what a lucid dream means? Well, in the spirit of the idea that this unconscious conscious thing that we sometimes think of as black and white yeah. really isn't. Mm-hmm. So what a lucid dream is, is when a little bit of your waking consciousness slips into the dreaming consciousness mm-hmm. and you become aware that you're dreaming. So the lowest rung of this is just that. You're having the dream and a moment in that dream you go, huh. I think I'm dreaming. That's yeah. a lucid dream. Yeah. Now, there are layers of lucid dreaming that go even higher. I've had two experiences in my life only that mm-hmm. were this, but I've had them where I was so awake in a dream state that it was as as live as this is in this room. Yeah. But I was sleeping. That was crazy. 
I feel like that happens to me a lot. It's in the system. It's, it, it's built into us. This is not something that's Like I foreign. can control what I'm doing. I'll be like, okay, I'm dreaming. And I'll go like find things that I want to do. That's lucid dreaming. So what okay. I've seen and learned about lucid dreaming is that there are people who are naturally oriented towards having the experience. You are clearly one of them. Yes. I am not. I have devoted my life to dreams and speaking about them and thinking about them and interpreting them since I was a kid. Yeah. And I'm 56 now. So yeah. it's decades of this. And I've had like two. Wow. Big. Now, they were big and they were major and I loved having them. Yeah. I think that people are, because it's out there in the world. If yeah. you, you know, if I was interested in teaching lucid dreaming, I'd be filling my classes. I've never right. been interested in teaching it. So I've just never been drawn. Partly because this is not something that happens right. to me. But I think it's interesting and valuable for people to do from this perspective. This life experience is confusing as all get out, mm -hmm. but we are very powerfully creative. Mm -hmm. When we learn that, when we understand that in consciousness that we're creating our lives with our thoughts and how we mm -hmm. choose, then we can have a better, bigger life if we do that with more consciousness. Dream, in, dream lucidity is one of those places where we believe already that mm -hmm. anything can happen and probably will because we're in a dream. Right. So you just said, I've controlled things. I've yeah. made things happen. Yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you that you can do the same thing while awake yeah. <laughs> through consciousness, through intention setting. And, yeah. through, and when people vibrate with the idea of being lucid in dreams, I think it has a natural artifact of increasing their appreciation of their power to create when they're awake. So... When I'm having these dreams that my boyfriend is cheating on me and going to the strippers and being awful and laughing at me while I'm crying, how do how do you think I'm just slowly healing through that? Because it just feels like it's been a long time. I'm like, how do I well, make them stop? I, I First of all, I think the dreams are always for us, yeah. never against us. Okay. Like they're never about something you know, destructive happening or bad happening. They're really, they're illuminating our process to help us mm -hmm. become better humans, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I just believe that with all yeah. my, my heart and soul. Um, I also believe that in the power of healing anything because I've healed so much, like just personally through therapy and consideration and workshops and retreat. I mean, I've just done so much work. Yeah. I had to. Yeah. My mother had a personality disorder. My father was one of the nastiest people on really? the planet with his verbal rage. Oh. Um, so I had a lot to heal. Yeah. And so one of the things that I know about healing from that is it takes a really long time. <laughs> so I hear you saying to me, eh, it's taking so long. It's still the same dream. And I'm here to tell you that, that I trust and believe with all of my being that yes you're healing this okay. yes it's slow one of the ways we heal it is we choose to be in intimate relationship with people who respect and care for us mm -hmm. and that shows growth yeah but we're still practicing our intimacy yes. fears yes. by having moments where yeah we don't stand up for ourselves as well as we want to be or yeah. we have an interaction that isn't you know the way we desire to yeah. relate in yeah. love and intimacy and we grow as a result of hopefully having a partner who'll meet you yeah will show up to that yes so i believe that these healings are happening for you and that they're happening slowly even though from your perspective it's like when's it gonna stop <laughs> yeah i know i guess if i think about it it has gotten better because no it's i mean it's pretty bad <laughs>
<laughs> but the relationship is a relationship you can stand by. It's yes. the healthiest relationship, relationship you have. I've ever there you had. Go. That proves my point. Yes. Okay. You're right. You're right. That's so crazy. This podcast episode is sponsored by Allergan Aesthetics. Hey, everyone. It's Caitlin. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and we're going to get right back to the fun in a minute. And no matter what kind of craziness my day is filled with or what I'm wearing, I always want to own my look. So let's face it, ladies. We've all been there. If you're spending your days driving home, glancing in the rearview mirror and noticing those four headlines, I have something to share with you. I want to let you in on my little secret and how I own my look with fewer lines with Botox Cosmetic. I've had my crow's feet temporarily treated, but I'm considering having my moderate to severe forehead and frown lines temporarily treated too. And right now for my Off the Vine listeners, I have an exclusive offer just for you. You can get $50 for your next Botox cosmetic treatment. Just text VINE to 65190. Text VINE to 65190. You won't have to miss work because your Botox cosmetic treatments only take about 10 minutes for frown lines and the results can last up to four months. All you need to do to get started is see a Botox cosmetic specialist to see if treatment is right for you. And remember to own your look and take advantage of this special offer exclusively for my Off the Vine listeners. Text VINE to 65190 for $50 off your next treatment. Text VINE to 65190. Remember to talk to your Botox cosmetic specialist as there are risks with this product. The effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications including botulinum toxins as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For the full safety information, you can visit BotoxCosmetic.com or you can call 877 351 Zero three zero zero. Lastly, again, text Vine to six five one nine zero for fifty dollars off your next treatment. Text Vine to six five one nine zero. We'll be right back with more off the Vine Grape Therapy. This is off the Vine Grape Therapy. I have myth or fact game for you. All right. Uh, myth or fact: Sleeping pills affect the way you dream. Oh, fact. Yeah. But different for everybody. There's no one way. Yeah. Some people will take an SSRI and have crazy dreams. Someone else might take it and not be able to remember. Same right. with cannabis. It, it, there Do is we no... all dream every night? Absolutely. So that's a fact. Okay. <laughs> that was a bit of a fact. Yes, absolutely. If we didn't dream, we would not be able to take in new information and data. Like literally, like we would yeah. start to hallucinate by the second night. Of, have you ever not slept for a night or two? Yeah. You start to lose your mind a yeah. little bit. That's actual. Because. Because wow. the brain, well, first of all, the brain is filled with poop. Yeah. And metabolic waste feels like stimulation to the brain. Yeah. And so after two nights of not sleeping, you got all this metabolic waste up there. You're going to start hearing things and seeing things that aren't necessarily there. Yeah. 
because the brain needs sleep and rest and cleanliness to function properly. So yes, right. even if you don't remember, we know you you're still, dreaming because okay. you're not psychotic. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay. Is eight hours the ideal amount of sleep? Well, you know, I would answer that question as yes, but I would answer from the perspective that I'm, I'm, I like to do CrossFit. <laughs> you, you are in great shape. By well, the way. thank you, baby. Thank <laughs> you. I know are. this is a podcast, but I did wear my tight short sleeve. Yeah, no, you t-shirt. look great. The point of that being is, is that there's a lot of information in the wellness community yeah. today that says that sleep and eight hours of sleep is hugely important. Okay. Um. Uh. And I'm someone who naturally sleeps eight or nine hours. Me a too. Night, I'm, so, I'm very and, lucky. For and that. I have an endless amount of energy as you have commented on and oh, i think that as the, i do the, and i think there's something to that when you when you use your body yeah fully yeah in a day when the nighttime comes you want to go to bed and i'm up at 5 15 in the morning rearing to go oh not i <laughs> i hate mornings and i am not raring to go round noon raring to go yeah well, you probably stay out way later than I. I don't know about that. I'm pretty fun m- little life. I actually love going to bed early. Um, it is impossible to die in your dream. Myth or fact? I will say this: I have I have heard so many people over the years report dreams in which they died. Yeah, so I think that's very uh-huh. much a kind of a, a, a myth and urban legend idea that oh, you can't die in a dream because if you did, you'd really die. Yep. Except that, how would we really know? Right. That's <laughs> that's true. So I gotta, gotta <laughs> say I don't know. That's a very good point. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get to some questions from listeners. Yay. Uh, a lot of people. It's so interesting to hear everybody's dreams, just because I'm like, oh wow, that's that's a dark one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Casey Matheson wants to know, do dreams always mean something about your past, present, or future, or do they ever have no meaning? You know, the answer to that question is only if you ask. In other words, anything and everything can be interpreted, whether it's a Mm -hmm. dream, an event, a living dream. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of people in having a more conscious experience of themselves by interpreting the living dream. Like they Mm -hmm. have some crazy thing that happens with work or car accidents or this or that, and they'll be like, what would this mean if it were a dream? So anything and everything can be interpreted. Yeah. if you do that to every dream, then you're just solipsistic and boring and ought right. not like be allowed, you know. And and for me, as I've grown in ancient wisdom, I I don't work with every dream because yeah. I don't need to. Right, right. And so many people I'm reading a lot want to know about teeth dreams. Oh, the old teeth falling out. Yeah. So teeth do a couple of things for us. First of all, they attract love. You reveal them in a smile, and what happens? Woo, love, okay? They also help us sustain and nurture ourselves. They're part of digestion, right? So right there, attracting love and sustaining myself are powerful parts of how I stay secure and grounded in in being a human being. Well, if I lose my teeth, I'm losing that ability. The mouth is also always focused with communication, Mm -hmm. right? This Mm -hmm. area of the body. So I have heard lots of interesting versions of that dream that wind up being interesting. Like I remember Tiffany Granith, a playboy chick who had dreams of bubblegum pulling out her teeth. Oh, Well, she was a hot blonde chick that nobody took seriously. They all thought she was like a bubblegum mouth but she was really quite smart and bright yeah so you see how it can be general for anybody but also specific to a person so yes losing teeth is about insecurity around love sustenance and perhaps having a strong voice yes okay barbara wants to know 
the strangest dream ever. I was pregnant and I gave birth to a pug. <laughs> I went to buy it baby furniture, but it wasn't human sized. It was tiny Barbie toy sized furniture. She goes, am I okay? I need to know I'm okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so with this dream, I'm going to have to go to very pure, pure universal symbolism. So pregnant and baby is just about gestation and birth of something new. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be literal. Right. Dog is unconditional love. Yeah. You, you, my you know, favorite joke, and I can't remember where I first heard this. You lock your boyfriend and your dog in the car for three days. Who's happy to see you? <laughs> wow. So at a certain yeah. level, the dog is about birthing some new loyalty, some new unconditional love sensibility, oh. some new, like, uh, I will love you no matter what consciousness. As far as the pug piece is concerned, I'd have to speak to the dreamer and find out what her personal associations with that breed are. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Kaling, Kaling with a G, um, what, what does it mean to dream about deceased parents? Are they trying to tell you something? You know, I would have to say the only person who could answer that would be the dreamer, right? You know, that's a very personal and subjective mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. I would say that I've also heard lots of dreams that feel like visitation dreams yes. because they're very specific. They are singular in setting. They're never complex storyline dreams. Often it's the room you're sleeping in even. Right. The person who's visiting from the other side is usually silent or conveying some very simple message okay. like, all is well. I'm well, I love you, or maybe wake up, your house is on fire. (laughs) Um, Whereas dreams that are like, I was in the clown car, and then dad was there, and we had an ice cream car. Like, that sounds like a dream dream. Yeah, yeah. So my experience of hearing dreams where people are actually visiting are those singular kinds of scenarios. Shelby Chevalier says, why do I... feel the physical actions that happen in my dreams. Spider bites, alien abductions, aka being whipped around my room. She says she feels those. Yeah, absolutely. The frontal cortex is lit up during dreams. You are experiencing everything that you are Uh, thinking. Now, this connects to the memory processing piece that scientists would therefore say everything else is not, you know, real and bona fide. But the frontal cortex is lit up. That frontal cortex makes your body move. Yeah. So the brain paralyzes the body when you're in REM sleep so you won't act those things out. Yeah. But this woman sounds like she has a less strong paralysis and so she's feeling the sensation of the stuff that she's acting out makes total sense. (laughs) Makes total sense. Uh, Okay, one more. Okay, this Rebecca Passa says, what does it mean when you have dreams about packing a bag? Oftentimes I dream about rushing out of my house in a hurry in order to avoid an apocalypse or natural disaster and the majority of the dream is focused on picking the belongings I would want to take with me. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like she's actually having a collapse of two standard dreams. An apocalypse dream is absolutely a standard universal dream. She sounds like a planner. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's an apocalypse uh, other than uh, uh, an enormous uh, 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 I'm out of control. I have no control over this huge change that's taking place. So we have to start with apocalypse means everything's changing. Yes. And then, then the packing would be, am I ready? Am I prepared? And I'm not. I can't get my stuff ready. I can't. I can't. I right. can't. So that's the fear. Yeah. The fear is in facing something that's out of my control, can I release some sense of false preparation? Yeah. Yeah. Because the fact is we can't control anything. Right. Including the apocalypse. Yeah. Is it happening? I think so. <laughs> turn on turn on the news, baby. It looks apocalyptic to me. I used to have those dreams all the time, but that was because I was watching um, 
The Walking Dead. Okay, last thing. I need to hear your confession before we go. <laughs> because uh, you must have something from working with Playboy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, I had this thought as I was parking. Because just for, 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 for people who are listening to this, we are recording near where Playboy was located back yeah. in the 90s. And I was a vice president of Playboy. And I went from Metro Goldwyn Mayer to Playboy. You know, Playboy yeah. might have been, uh, you know, Playboy, but it was still a, a, a home video television channel right. uh, business. Right. I, I was not with the magazine; I was with the with the video. So it's my first month, and I had a couple of really weird experiences. It's my first month, and I'm like, I'm at work, I'm at work, I'm at work, <laughs> I'm at work. My boss says, "Come on, we're going to go visit Doc Johnson." I'm like, "Okay, Doc Johnson." I didn't really know who that was, but they are a very large purveyor of adult sex toys. Okay. So I go to this meeting. It's like my third week at work, and I'm sitting in this guy's crazy crowded office with my boss. I'm looking at some of the magazines on the table, yeah. and I'm just floored. Yeah. Not by the content, sweetheart. Believe me, I've seen some of I that content. Say. Oh, honey. <laughs> absolutely. But I'm at work. I'm at work. I'm at work. And there it is. Big black. Okay, that was the name of the magazine, staring right at me. And I'm a gay man, honey. Yeah. That magazine was more interesting to me than the meaning. <laughs> so he says to me after this meeting, and I don't even remember what we were talking about because I was interested in the magazine. Yeah. He says, you want to go see the, the, the warehouse floor? I'm like, yeah. So we go through See these. where the, where the yeah. sausage is it's made. Yes, yes. So I walk into this room past these, you know, plastic dust cover thingies, and it's this big warehouse space. And what do I see? I see across the room about 20 women. Yeah. Uh, in white coats, yeah, and each of them is holding a dildo with yeah. one hand. Wait, I need to record you as you say this so I can promo this on my Off the Vine so. page. <laughs> so these women are holding dildos in one hand, yeah. and with the other hand, they're doing this. Okay. And this and is in a, a workshop factory? Workshop, it's a factory. Okay. It's, a, it's work. These women are at work holding dildos doing this. And I'm just like, I'm across the room going, oh, my God, what are these women doing? Like testing they testing them to see if they work. I don't know. So I said to the guy, I said, okay, dude, you got to tell me, what are they doing? And he explained. He said, these are silicone latex with a mold that is two pieces that come together. And the, the silicone bleeds out. They're rubbing off the extra <laughs> latex. So they're really doing this, rubbing latex off. But to me, it looks like this. And I'm like, I'm at work. I'm at work. I'm at work. I'm at work. That is so funny. Gosh, you probably have some stories. I have some You've stories. Seen that some I have seen some shit. And I have, I have participated in some stuff. And I've had some great stories. Oh, damn. Well, now I have to have you back for part two. Anytime, I baby. I need to hear those stories. We can just do a full podcast. <laughs> on the, on what you've seen. See that Playboy. Yeah. That's I. It reminds me of the time I walked into an underwear store. I was with my boyfriend at the time, and I look over, and I didn't know him very well. And we just started dating, and I look over, and he's smelling panties. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god! I was oh, like, What is he doing? What is he doing? But it was scratch and sniff, and he didn't realize how terrible it looked because he's just out there sniffing panties in the back corner. And I was like, What are you doing? And he's like, Oh, they're scratch and sniff. Thank oh <laughs> God, you asked. <laughs> I know I should have just ran out the store, but it was it was a funny story. Anyways, uh, well, thank you so much for coming Such on and talking about all this. I'm just fascinated yeah. by you, and I just can't wait to have you on again because I just need more. Anytime, yeah. any subject, truly. It was okay. a 
blast. Okay, amazing. I'm coming back in November, so I'm going to see what you're doing. All right. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. And again, tell everybody where um, they can find your their masterclass and your Instagram. Yes, and- Instagram is Dr. Lennox Dreams, D-R-L-E-N-N-O-X Dreams. On Facebook, it's Dr. Michael Lennox, and the website is michaellennox.com. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Loved having you. I'm Caitlin Bristow. The session is now in. For listening to Off the Vine, Grape Therapy. Tune in to hear new mini-sodes every Thursday. And check out new full-length episodes every Tuesday exclusively on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Who's now with OTV? This week's Grape Therapy is sponsored by Honey. Go to joinhoney.com slash vine and LaCroix. Enjoy LaCroix Sparkling Water, a calorie sweetener and sodium innocent beverage with nothing artificial.